Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 80 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I am Jack Shitama, and today's episode is somewhat of a follow-up to episodes 67 and 68. 67 was about how the discomfort that we are feeling is actually grief because all change is loss and the massive changes that we have experienced in this COVID-19 pandemic have us feeling anxious. And then 68 is a follow-up in which I look at self-compassion and self-acceptance as a way towards self-differentiation. I wasn't intending to revisit this subject, but something happened in the last couple of weeks that really made me want to take another look at this. And so without further ado, here is Episode 80, A Persistent Low-Level Anxiety. I recently received an email from a coaching client who said that he was experiencing a persistent low-level anxiety. I immediately recognized that feeling, even though I feel like I'm coping pretty well in the midst of all of the destruction that this pandemic has caused, I resonated with that sense. For me, it was more like a nagging, annoying feeling that things are just not right, something gnawing at me. I started to ask around and confirm that many, if not most people, are feeling something similar. Now, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really tell you if this would be considered a form of clinical anxiety, but perhaps it is and perhaps it isn't. We do know that mental health experts are predicting that symptoms will continue to rise as the pandemic goes on, even to the point that we might experience a mental health crisis. The point of this episode is not so much to get into that, but to acknowledge that this is a kind of anxiety that we are dealing with, even if it doesn't directly relate to self-differentiation, it does affect our ability to be a non-anxious leader. As I mentioned in episode 67, one of the things that is going on is this idea that we are experiencing anticipatory grief. This is a form of anxiety where we don't know what the future holds, but we know it involves some sort of change and we can end up imagining the worst. Even if we don't imagine the worst, the uncertainty is what I believe creates that feeling that we can't pinpoint. It is the uncertainty, the not knowing what is going to happen day after day, let alone months into the future, that creates this low-level persistent anxiety. I have been asked to lead a church retreat in the fall, and I've been communicating with the retreat leaders about the theme and other details. One of the leaders recently emailed and asked me whether I thought we were going to actually be able to hold the retreat in the fall. I told her I had no idea. Right now, the bookings for the retreat center are still pretty solid in the fall, but I am holding my breath. 
I would not be surprised if people started to cancel because they were afraid of gathering together. I shared this with the retreat leader and said that the only thing I could recommend is to encourage people to sign up but don't take any money. This way they can be flexible if conditions dictate that they need to postpone. And I also let her know that we can roll over the deposit to a future date so there would be no financial penalty. There is no way to know whether or not a retreat in October is going to happen. And so we have to deal with the uncertainty and we have to plan for contingencies. The uncertainty about the future affects just about everything we are doing right now. The big question right now is whether or not schools will have children in the classroom in the fall. Many people are wondering about whether they can make travel plans. And of course, how many people are suffering from the impacts of the disease as well as the economic effects of trying to get the disease under control. My father-in-law passed away in April due to conditions that are not related to the pandemic. We still have not buried him or had any kind of service. He was a football coach and had impacted a lot of people over his life, and we want to wait until we can gather in an appropriate way. Having said that, some of the family members feel uncomfortable that we haven't even buried him yet. Even though he's been cremated, his ashes are at the funeral home waiting for us to be able to have a memorial service. So now we are talking about doing a committal service sooner rather than later and then waiting to do the memorial service when it is possible. That's likely going to be next year. The point here is that the uncertainty is all encompassing. It affects just about everything we do and it's hard to escape. And that is why there is this persistent low level anxiety. So if the uncertainty were not enough to cause this low-level anxiety, the amount of disruption that we are experiencing makes everything else hard. The pandemic has disrupted all of our routines and patterns of life. And remember that a routine is based on a habit, and a habit by definition is something that we do automatically. It doesn't take any energy. So while we may have developed some routines to help us get through our day, many, if not most of the things that we do now are brand new and require a lot of effort. I received an email from a camp and retreat colleague asking about some of the activities that we are providing now that we have canceled summer camp. We're doing things like opening our swimming pool and offering canoeing and kayaking and renting out cabins to families. I responded with my answer and then almost as an afterthought, I noted that just offering our swimming pool to families at $5 a person for a few times a week in a socially distanced pool was an exhausting effort. She responded back because she found it helpful to know that she wasn't the only one who was going through this kind of exhaustion, this kind of anxiety. It's funny because she said, it's easy to run camp for 200 kids, but doing something new and different for just a few people is nearly overwhelming. That's the difference between having a well-oiled machine and doing something that is entirely new, however simple it might be. And a lot of what we're doing right now is new. Two problems jump out at me when I think about how this persistent anxiety affects us. It is more than just discomfort. 
and it can make it difficult to function as non-anxious leaders. The first is that it makes it harder to be vulnerable. I was in a coaching session with a group of clergy, and one of them said they have to put up their armor whenever they are meeting and interacting with congregants. They never know how church members are going to react to all the new things that they are dealing with. Remember that emotional connection is a huge part of being a non-anxious leader. We want to be a non-anxious presence, which means we regulate our anxiety, but we are also present emotionally. And when we have our armor on, when we have our guard up, when we are not able to be vulnerable, it makes it much harder to connect emotionally. The second thing that I've noticed is that this low-level anxiety makes it much easier to be reactive. Another pastor in the group mentioned that she was doing a walkthrough with some of her church leaders to simulate what it might be like when they have worship inside again, even though they don't know when that will be. She said that the amount of bickering over the smallest things made her want to lose her patience. So not only were the people more likely to lose their cool, so was she. It's no wonder that people are at their wits end. It's no wonder that there are fights, literally fights in stores over whether people are wearing masks or not, or whether somebody has to wear a mask. This is a symptom of this deeper anxiety which is affecting everybody. Now, I often say that self-awareness and intentionality are the keys to self-regulation. These are even more critical skills during this time of persistent anxiety. Just being aware that you have that low-level anxiety, that gnawing, I like to call it, helps you to be more prepared if something comes up that might trigger reactivity. And then you can take a pause and try to regulate that. But I think there are some other things that we can do to actually deal with the anxiety itself and better prepare us to be non-anxious leaders. The first thing that we can do is accept the fact that this anxiety exists. By naming it and claiming it, then we can own it rather than it owning us. Part of being self-differentiated is taking responsibility for self. Even though we can't do anything about the cause of this anxiety, by acknowledging it and accepting it, we take away some of its power. A second thing that we can do to manage this anxiety is self-care. I say this a lot, but self-care is essential. Getting enough sleep, eating right, exercising, and maintaining spiritual practices are all part of coping with life in general, and this pandemic in particular. Self-care is not going to fix everything. It isn't necessarily going to take away the anxiety completely, but it can make it more manageable and it can help you to avoid some of the more reactive situations that might occur if you weren't taking care of yourself. Another thing I find helpful is to take frequent breaks. Even if you are able to focus for long periods of time, it may not be the best approach to your day. There's nothing like taking a break and moving around. Sometimes I'll do a small chore just to get my mind off of things and be able to do something mindless. Other times I will go outside and try to get some sun on my face just to reset my energy levels. Whatever you do, 
don't consider taking a break at your computer. Scrolling through social media or watching a video is not actually taking a break and it could actually make you more anxious than you already were to begin with. Finally, going back to the premise of episode 68, have compassion for yourself. Give yourself a break. This is a difficult time for everyone. If you are too hard on yourself, you will make it even harder to function as a non-anxious leader. Goodness knows the world needs more people who are able to be present and non-anxious in their work, at their church, and especially at home. This is not easy work, but by acknowledging that there is a persistent low-level anxiety and using strategies to manage it, we can actually be a model for others. We can be that non-anxious presence that the world really needs right now. So that's it for episode 80. I would love to hear how you are experiencing this uncertainty, this disruption, whether you are experiencing this persistent low-level anxiety. And you can give me feedback by going to nonanxiousleader.com and subscribing to my blog. You'll have my email address. There's also a link in the show notes to leave me a voice message, or you can make a comment on the website. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.